Okay, hello everybody. This is Quasar Quinology number 14, following the chronological appearances of our favorite pal, Quasar Wendell Elvis Vaughn, the successor of Marvel Boy. Anyway, so these we're following all the appearances he made before he got his own series in 1989. This is the um, penultimate episode of phase one of Quasar Quinology. Today we are covering Marvel Team Up Annual number five. And we are joined by some uh, repeat co-hosts today. Would you guys like to tell us who's here? I'm here. Back to the Me. say offenders. Repeat offenders, me, Bex Luther, your favorite trash lord. And Jolie, G.I. Jolie. And today we are reviewing Marvel team-up with Spider-Man, The Thing, Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange, and Quasar, which took more time to read than it took to read Crime and Punishment. Um, and Quasar in quotes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's um, there. He, was, he didn't do much, but, you know, we're still going to mention him. Um, <laughs> He's there more than he was in some other things. There was a lot to read in this comic. Uh, Becca, would you like to briefly summarize the story? Uh, there, everyone's reptiles. Okay, good. Reptile, this, this lizard people don't exist. <laughs> That's it, okay. No. <laughs> um... No, you can you can elaborate. So the um, it's what, what was it the serpent crown right. that summons the ancient god Set right exists because of course it does, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it um gets put onto the head of Quasar, and then they try to bring back the Lord Set, and hijinks ensue. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really really long. <laughs> And this is the thing is that I guess you see the meat of this issue is there's a very long multiple page summary of the history of the Serpent Crown covering everything from Conan the Barbarian to I believe Call the Conquerors in here, uh, the Submariners in here. And it's basically going back through decades of Marvel history. One, two, three. Three, pa- three pages. It felt like a lot more than three pages, didn't it, when you were reading it? Well, it's it's a lot of text. It's eight, mm-hmm. eight, eight long panels. Yeah. Yeah, and um, all of the panels are, are like, the, the page with Namor on it is just a lot of text. <laughs> right. I mean, interesting. But it's cool, you know, because Marvel likes to, they introduced the Serpent Crown and Submariner, but then they went back and tied it into Conan and Call and all these other uh, characters. So that's kind of cool. So now the one thing about this issue is, even though it's technically a Spider-Man team-up, Spider-Man is sort of a side character. I mean, it, it he doesn't even really show up until a few pages. Who in. would you say is the main character, though? Well, it's a it's a it's an ensemble. It's cast. an ensemble, definitely an ensemble. Quasar appears on page one, which is a rarity for Quasar around this time. Then we're introduced to the Thing, which kind of lends, you know, it, it kind of makes me think that this is really a story that they could have done in Marvel Two and One, but instead they did it in Marvel Team Up. I think Two and One might have been canceled by then, but I'm not sure. But anyway, so they introduce Spider Man. Um, and then, we're, and then Doctor Strange is brought into the story, and then we are quickly, we are quickly uh, then into the best scene, not only in this comic, but possibly any comic, possibly any comic ever written. Like we, this was like we peaked in 1982. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, yeah, go ahead, Becca. What happens? Doctor Strange would teleport them, but he's got to conserve his energy because. It's a comic book, and, you know, energy is finite. <laughs> um, so instead, they rent a car to drive up to uh, Project Pegasus's building. And, but they, 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 like... Also, Peter Parker's identity is, is just shattered in this comic, yep. and they don't mention that at nope, all. Peter's panel. like, how did he know who my name was? Oh, yeah. well, like, well, I'd panic more. 
<laughs> so and then at they, least it's only Doctor Strange that knows. Yeah, right. And so they rent this car, and Doctor Strange is like, "Oh, I don't drive," and Peter's like, "I'm potentially 16, but all right." Yeah, um, <laughs> but then on the very next page, well, <laughs> Stephen insists that he navigate and Peter drive. Even though I guess he could expend the energy to teleport, he but it takes too much energy. Yeah, too much to teleport to people. He instead sends his astral form through the fabric of time and logic itself. Awesome. In order to see ahead of them. And it's like, oh, you didn't think that was going to take much energy either? Yeah, good okay. point. Okay. You know, choose your adventure. Be your own <laughs> boss. Like, What? But I love this here where Spider-Man's like, sheesh, he's no fun on a long car ride. And then and then it just, you know what's the other thing too is that why didn't they just go there as Stephen Strange and Peter? Why did they dress up in their costumes? Maybe it was a glamour. He is a witch. Yeah, I think that it's just like a, 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 a I think it's magic. Okay. I don't think it's explained, but we're just going to go with it. No, they, they go get dressed and then they rent the car and then they get changed again because Spider-Man's Good driving point. a car. Yep. They, you're right. They switched twice. Good point. Because I look at that. Literally, Spider-Man is driving. I need to to drive this part home. Spider-Man is driving a car, and it's that this panel is the one where it's just Spider-Man and Stephen Strange in the front seat. Awesome is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It makes me happy. Anyway, uh, because he uses this opportunity to um, get us right into that story, because he's like, hey, you know, while we're putting on the miles, Steve-O, uh-huh. like, why don't you just go ahead and tell me about this Serpent Crown, and then we get into the uh-huh. the three-page saga of the Serpent Crown. Let me share what I've learned. It all began untold eons ago, just after this planet came into being, and then it goes on from there. And then he tells him everything he just saw. It's great. Peter's I mean, like, uh... Holy sh... It's a cool backstory. You know, it's some interesting history here. Yeah, but it's all like... Also, you need to remember as you're reading this, you're remembering that Stephen Strange is telling it to Spider-Man while driving a car. Which makes it even more awesome. But, like, why are they... I, they're superheroes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get it. I, I, why don't they have a jet or something? Or? Well, not... Well, Thing does. He mm-hmm. takes a jet. But also, like, why don't... Again, you can just be like, oh, and then they teleported. Like, you can just... Make Ste- up something? He could just have the energy to do both. <laughs> yeah, true. But don't you think this is more interesting, the fact that they did it this way? I think it's great. Why didn't they just walk? Well, I'm sure it's far enough that they couldn't walk. Or swing. Or, or fly. Or swing? Well, Peter could swing. Oh, okay. I know what you meant by swing for some reason. <laughs> or swap wives. Okay. Yeah. Swap yeah, wives yeah, together. Okay. <laughs> um, My so, wife's a stewardess. She'll get us there real fast. So then we run into... So so anyway, so basically yeah. they're going to Project Pegasus to find out what's going on. They run into Quasar. Or, sorry, the thing is, the thing goes there because what had happened was earlier in the story... He got this cryptic message from Quasar. Oh no! First he saw Quasar's ghost, and he's like, "What the hell is <laughs> yeah. ghost?" And then and then he's like, and then he goes, huh, "Whatever, I got a game to watch." So then he's like, "I think he calls Quasar right? on the phone." Oh, then there's a hologram coming out of the phone. He's like, "Hi, kid. What's happened? I just got your call, and it was the strangest. It was just a mistake, Grim. Nothing, nothing is amiss. Goodbye." Huh? That's kind of funny. He tries to keep watching the boxing match, but he can't <sighs> concentrate. Well. He's missed the first few rounds. Right. So he's like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go to Project Pegasus. So he takes the pogo plane there. And then they run. He doesn't try to call back. Oh, and then uh, Scarlet Witch has to come in. Of course. Because they're watching Indiana Jones in the theater. Awesome. Yep. Nice reference to Indy. 
classic 80s movie. She's on a date with Vision. I also think it's cool that he didn't. she didn't bring Vision along. I thought that was cool. I thought that was dumb. How come? Because oh, it could have been helpful? Yes. Because it could have been helpful. <laughs> I like how she changes into costume and it's just running down the street. Ano- again, another superhero that's like, how exactly did she get here? Like... I guess she ran. Maybe she flew. She's also magic-y, right? Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it doesn't... So she's like, oh, the serpent crown. Better go. Don't come with me, non-human, non-susceptible to this boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. It, and like, what? I don't know. It's just another weird, like, we got to get the people that we want uh-huh. to the same location. Yeah. And we have to give them a reason to leave whatever situation they were in prior. Meanwhile, they could have just rewritten the situations to be more convenient. Right? Well, they could have all just been hanging out. Right. Or she didn't need to be on a date. I don't know. It's just whatever. Well, I guess you have to fill the first 18 pages somehow. Yeah, right? like, so. it's so long. Um. Anyway, so so fine, So anyway, so then we run into Quasar, and he's actually pretty prominently featured in this comic. In this story, he's, of course, mind-controlled by the Serpent Crown. And he's the Serpent Crown, in. which is conveniently being stored at Project Pegasus what? since the end of its three-page saga. And actually... I know because I read a previous story where the thing put it there. Well, he mentions it too. Yeah, he okay. mentions that That's that true. him and the Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange, I think, or maybe it was just him and Scarlet Witch, they put the crown there. <laughs> yes, they they kind of just tossed it there to keep it uh, safe until they could figure out what was going on with it. Now, when we get to page uh, twenty-one, there's actually a pretty cool. I guess you could call it almost like Alfred Hitchcockian uh, scene here on page uh, digital twenty-one. Um, the original comic, it's 20, where Spidey and Doctor Strange are sitting, um, kind of leaning up against the car, waiting, because Doctor Strange has, like, sent his, projected his astral self out somewhere to do something. And then there's a panel, it holds on the same position, just as these bad guys are creeping up behind them. And it kind of reminds me of that shot in the birds, when Tippi Hedren's um, sitting on the park bench or whatever, and all the birds are lining up behind her to attack her. And then the next page is a really cool sequence where they're attacking Spider-Man, but because he's got a spider sense, he, you know... Um, flips out of the way and is able to um, avoid uh, getting attacked by them. I thought that was really cool. I also really enjoy, like, I know it, it might not work in modern stuff, but, like, I really enjoy the old narrating everything that's happening. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's because of my spider sense that I knew that he was behind me, yes. so I do a triple somersault. Like, the narrating everything that that you're doing mm-hmm. because... Uh, because? <laughs> well, yeah, it's like the time it takes him to fall, you know... A meter in the air. He's like, there are times when my amazing spider-like agility impresses even me. Hmm. These goons are wearing uniforms. <laughs> it's like I get it. Yeah. Because you're limited in what you can show, right? It's not. It's not a movie. Mm-hmm. But I just like how I could have assumed Spider-Man spider sense from like the the tendrils. Like yes. it's a lot of it's a lot of tell. Where, yes, where you he, could just show. Right. He could have he could have also just said spider sense going off, but he doesn't have to explain why it's going off. We could piece that together, right? Yeah, we see the guy behind him. Right. Yeah, I mean, comics are, after all, a visual medium. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, like, because it, it literally the next panel, like, you see a spider sense going off, right? Right. Oops, like, what happened there? So it's like, if there's someone behind Spider-Man and his spider sense goes off, I can assume that he was going to get out of the way because of that. But mm-hmm. it... it Gives it a certain charm in these older oh, comics. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Whereas if they did that now, would not... I agree. Anything besides thought and dialogue in more modern comics seems unnecessary because it's like, it's such... Like, they put so much more detail, I think, now. In Modern, the, more, more modern. In what, the art? Yeah. In a way they do, in a way they do. But I don't know if that's... To be honest, I know what you're saying, like, technically they do put more detail, but I don't know if it's necessary detail. I don't know if it adds to it personally. I don't think so. But I mean, it's better than narrating everything that's going on. This is true, yes. Ideally, what you'd have is you'd have 
smaller panels breaking up the action. Like, let's just, I, I can't think of an example, but like, instead of say one or two panels or three panels, you'd have a whole bunch of little ones showing like little things happening so that everything is explained visually, right? That's what they do a lot in indie comics and like yeah. anime and stuff like that, or uh, manga. But yeah, anyway. manga is a lot more like dynamic with the way that they they do certain things and like. Right. I noticed in this comic particularly, it was a lot of like wider shots and then simple frames versus like when we were reading the Dazzler one, it was a little better. You know what's funny is this art was actually we should we should point out it was drawn by Mark Grenwald, who is known primarily as a writer. So I mean. <laughs> The art is definitely decent, but it's not um, dynamic. It's not mm -hmm. really dynamic. It's really kind of um, plain, I guess you could say, pedestrian. Um, we do get a nice double-page spread showing how gigantic Project Pegasus is here on page 25, which is kind of cool. But again, it kind of shows how, I mean, compared to someone like Jim Steranko or Jack Kirby, this art is not great. It's just cool to see everything all in one place, right? Yeah, but then when you look a little closer on any one detail, you're like, oh, those people are weird looking. Yeah, they're not great. They're kind of just sketched in there, right? Right, so it's like, oh, it's a cool wide shot, but it would it have done better to show it in smaller sections, right? True, good point. Then we get kind of like just, you know, kind of a typical fight scene. We've got Quasar who's mind-controlled. Um, and then, of course, Scarlet Witch becomes mind-controlled. I'm not a big fan of mind-control, but whatever. I can go with the story, right? Whatever, I'll accept it. Um, well, not so much mind control, but I guess this is one of the things that I'm not really sure or I'm clear on about um, the powers of the Serpent Crown is that it is able to be split into several crowns in order to crown people who you're trying to cap, like, mm -hmm. to capture. They've gathered 700 from across the multiverse. From the multiverse, That's yes. what's going on. So every multiverse itself has one crown. But they all have a crown, and so like to bring back the god set into this plane on this in this universe, you have to go to all the other universes in the multiverse and get their crown. Oh yeah. boy! And they I don't literally know how I missed that. It's because it's like in the smallest box, and I remember yeah. reading and going, "Oh, that could have used maybe three pages of exposition, Doctor Strange." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right here on page uh, what is this twenty five? The double page spread at the bottom. He says, "Once we have gathered seven hundred and seventy seven crowns, we shall possess the power to summon all of the other existing crowns." When all the crowns are in one place, we can resurrect the body of the Lord Set himself. Now we are but three crowns short of 777. So it gives them a very simple goal, right? In which they're using the Cosmic Cube, I believe, to mm -hmm. traverse these different multiverses to get the crowns. <laughs> which is cool. Another, you know, tie into Marvel continuity, I thought. I don't know. It's a... It's it's a little Spider-Man 3 for me. A lot, it's a lot too much. Too much going on? Yeah. You could say that, yeah. Relax a little bit, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, things get kind of wonky around here. I mean, it's cool. It's definitely cool that they're all working together. But um, and I do like the fact that he gets the idea um, of seeing the, the cosmic cube to use it, but then it's not there, of course, because they're using it. So then he takes off. It right? is cool that in most of the older comics that we read, even in Spider-Man's team-ups, he always ends up on his own somehow. That's a good point. That's the second time we've noticed that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I, I do notice that a lot in like other Avengers and stuff like that, where he's featured is is. A lot of the time he ends up going off on his own and like figuring things out because Peter Parker's very smart, but like it just, just adds another layer to like how he's such an outsider, right? Right. And he's and that's one reason why I never liked the idea of him being in the Avengers is he just he never belonged there. He never fit, right? In my oh, opinion. Let him though. He likes them. He likes no, to give them some friends. I don't like him to be happy. I like him to be sad. Anyway, okay. I so only like my whiny teenage boys <laughs> super whiny. So anyway, so then Things get kind of weird here because they're having this big fight scene, and then 
somehow they just destroy the um, the crown, and we find out it's because they all united in their power together, right? Well, they're holding the cube. Yeah, they're holding the cube, and their power together is uh, is what defeated it. But then he's like, then Doctor Strange is like, by the soul of eternity, the crown has this been dis- has been disintegrated, and my comrades stand unscathed. By what power? Power of friendship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then he realizes he has to lend them their power, his power, Doctor Strange's power, in order to finally defeat um, the bad guys. And so then, of course, the last or the, the ending. This yeah, it's the last page now. It's kind of rushed, but they yeah. wrap it up real quick. Yeah, with a soul-searing, sibilant scream, the battle is over. The vipers fall inert to the ground. The heroes break formation, and all is still, save for a faint crackle of energy from the smoldering cosmic cube. So, I don't know what to say. I mean, a little bit deus ex machina with how they, you know, like you said, literally using the power of friendship to unite together and use their power, right, to defeat the Serpent Crown. Um, Also, you forgot to mention that Quasar gets knocked out about 10 pages prior and then just comes back at the very last panel. At the very last panel. I mean, Mark Grenwald, yeah, even though he was writing the story, he just didn't do much with him in this one. It it sucks because I was like, oh, I started reading it and I was like, oh, there's Quasar. And then I was like... Spider-Man literally webs him in the face and knocks him out cold, and then they needs it. And also, he's not Quasar in any of it because he's just being possessed, right? That's a good point. Yeah, he's kind of again just a um, a prop, a prop for Project for Pegasus. <laughs> yeah. So overall, um, do they ever explain why all these Project Pegasus employees want to bring back Set? Because um, at the end, they're just like, "You're all free now," but it's like somebody. I don't really... No, you know what? I'm not really sure. I thought they were just kind of part of the cult. I don't know. I'm not really sure. I must have missed that. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Because he's like, we're human again. You've saved us all. And it's like, Mm -hmm. all right, well, who was in charge of this, though? It's a good point. I don't know. I'm sure we could investigate, but are we going to? Probably not. Um, Jolie, what what was your overall impression of the story? It was long. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was fine until we got to the end where they wrapped it up rather quickly which was probably the most muddled part of it. Exactly. The only but, yeah. I mean, if we're going if we're going by uh quasar appearances then it's an eight because <laughs> he's appeared the most in this one. He's more than an arm. The only time I've ever seen the power of friendship trick used well is in Buffy. Remember when they all had to unite their power together in that what was it season 6 or 7? Otherwise, it's, it never works. It's always It always comes off as hokey. What about in, like, My Little Pony? Okay, that is also good. Because it's always just the power of friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, or, artwork. like, every anime ever. Um, Julie, what do you think of the artwork? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's pedestrian, but then again, I don't know what pedestrian looks like. Mm-hmm. So I think it looks like comic book art. Mm-hmm. And it's not... Um, aggressive or overly stylistic so it's not it doesn't intrude on me while i'm trying to piece out the action of the story so i think it's fine this I don't panel think it, didn't intrude on you <laughs> no i don't think it's, it's like i don't think it's super like worthy of um a lot of accolades or um mm-hmm. a lot of criticism because it's not good and it's not bad it's just it's exactly what it needs to be it's very clear storytelling, that's for sure. And I also have to point out, it was inked by Jim Mooney, who's famous for doing Supergirl, and he also had a run on Ghost Rider. He's one of my favorite artists. He's done scattered issues of Spider-Man. He's actually a really good artist. So he added a nice, you know, sheen to this art. Um, so overall, 
not a great comic, and and unfortunately, kind of um, it's Mark Grenwald indulging a little bit too much in the minutia of Marvel history, a little bit like the way Roy Thomas would sort of do with DC and Marvel history. So, I don't think it's great. Uh, would I recommend it? I would I would say it's a decent story, but I would definitely I'm not overly excited to you know read it again. What do you think, Becca? Besides Spider-Man and driving a car, I'd say it's a pass. Yeah. A lot of it did kind of like feel like you said like a lot of Marvel history. It 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 made me feel like I walked into a comic shop and asked for a comic, and and the the guy the counter was like, oh, you've never read this before, and right. I'm like, no, and they're like, oh, fake fake gamer girl. Uh-huh. Like it, that's what it made me feel. I was like, I don't know what a serpent crown is. I don't like mm-hmm. what's going on, and then it's just like, oh, you know. Let's glaze over all of it and just shove it all in here. It was just a really weird mishmash of, of Marvel history and then an odd assortment of characters all put into one. It's it's like it's like it looked it's like leftover stew. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good way of looking at it. The thing is, is I mean, you know, those three pages of, of uh, backstory they could have they could have been done in a text page at the end, right, to explain everything, like. I personally don't like flashbacks. Even, for example, Lord of the Rings. Like, the Lord of the Rings films, how they open with that 10 minutes of, ex- you know, of exposition about the history of everything. Not really a great way to start off a movie or a comic book, I think, with all that explanation and exposition. They could have just done it more uh, organically, I think. Yeah, I mean, do I need to know who the goddess set is to know that I don't want the big spider guy eating Spider-Man? Or the big serpent guy eating Spider-Man? No. Exactly. Right? But... I wasn't in 1982 reading Marvel Annual number five, right? So mm-hmm. I'm sure the people who picked this one up were probably already had Marvel Annual number four and three and two and one, and they knew all about it. So okay, overall, um, kind of an average uh, issue um, compared to the comics that we've reviewed here in Quasar Chronology, um, and unfortunately, next the next episode <laughs> is the. Final episode of phase one of the Quasar Chronology, and we will explain exactly what we mean by that next week. I actually thought that we would just have you guys come back next week. What do you guys think? Would you like to join us again? Nah. No? Okay, Jolie? No? Mm, If it takes five minutes to read the issue, I might. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Well, guess what? It does. Our next issue is Incredible Hulk 279, and we will be here next week to review that comic coming up in seven days. See you then. See you then.